Thanks, Meg, for leading us this weekend. It's so good to be together as a church family. It's so good to have people even right now or throughout the week uh, tuning in and, and joining us uh, online. And so a special welcome if that's you out there. Our, our mission is just to simply help people take that next step. Just like we were just seeing, step by step, you will lead me. This weekend, we, we continue our series in the book of Acts, and I came across this quote from Theodore Roosevelt, who said that nothing in this world is worth having or worth doing unless it means effort, pain, difficulty. He said, I've never in my life envied a human being who led an easy life, but I've envied a great many people who have led difficult lives and led them well. You know, it's so true that, that nothing great in life rarely happens without hardship, without difficulty, without perseverance. No great movement of our history uh, was born out of ease. <laughs> and so it is as we dive into the book of Acts and we see the, the birth of the early church and the history of the first movement of Christ's followers, that there was hardship, that there was difficulty. In fact, last weekend we looked at the end of Acts chapter 7 and we saw that Stephen is martyred for his faith. And that begins a, a great deal of persecution and difficulty that we see in Acts chapter 8, beginning in verse 1. In fact, here's what the text says, where we're going to spend our time this weekend together. It says, a great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem, and all of the believers except the apostles were scattered through the regions of Judea and Samaria. This persecution began, and there was great resistance to the good news of Jesus. There was great resistance to the movement of the church. There were people that were threatened by the popularity of Jesus and who he was and some of his teachings. And they were trying to snuff that out. And yet what we see in the book of Acts, and yet what we see throughout the course of history, is that even in the midst of great pushback and persecution, the movement of Jesus, his truth, continues to go forward. In fact, that's what we see happening in the text, Acts 8, 4. It says, but the believers who were scattered, they preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. It didn't matter that they were being attacked, that they were literally, some of them, running for their lives. They continued to share their faith. Why? Because they had discovered something that changed their lives forever. And they believed that everybody on the face of the planet deserved to hear the good news of who Jesus was and what he had done on their behalf. And that's where we find ourselves, Acts chapter 8. And we're introduced to a character in chapter 8 named Philip. Actually, we're introduced to him a little bit earlier in Acts chapter 6 when Philip is chosen as a, one of the deacons to help serve in the needs of the church. But, de, but, but Philip didn't just serve and meet needs. 
He continued to share faith wherever he went, and he was one of these believers that was scattered. And in Acts chapter 8, the first uh, half of the text shows Philip going to Samaria and, and sharing Jesus there. And then we pick up on his story where we want to focus this weekend in verse 26. It says, As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, Go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. Now in our text uh, for our time together, we're going to be introduced to two specific characters, one of whom is Philip. Philip was a committed follower of Jesus. And I think for those in the room and watching online that you, you've put your faith in Christ and you've been trying to follow him with your life and serve him with your life, there's some incredibly powerful things that we can learn from Philip's life. And one of those is what's happening right here in the text. It says the Spirit was leading him. An angel spoke to Philip and, and just says, hey, go south. <laughs> he didn't even tell him exactly where he was heading. Just head down that desert road. Just go south. And so what does Philip do? He just goes south. And he started out. He was obedient. He just, he just followed the Spirit's lead in his life, which is, which is what Jesus is calling each of us to do as followers of Christ. And it says, so he started out, and he came across our next character in this interchange. He met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under the Candake, the queen of Ethiopia. Now, we, we look at the text, and, and we realize that this, this man was a, a treasurer. He had great authority. He had a high-ranking position, but he's known as a eunuch. And some of us are going, what's a eunuch? Well, I'm unfortunately going to tell you. <laughs> a eunuch was a man who had been castrated for the purposes of trusted servitude in a royal household. This was typical in that day. Glad it's not typical in this day. A king would often castrate his servants to ensure that they would not be tempted to engage in sexual activity with others in the palace, specifically the royal harem. That's who this Ethiopian eunuch is. But quite honestly, that part is pretty inconsequential to the rest of the story because what we discover pretty quickly is that there was a hunger, a desire, a, a, an exploration in the heart of this Ethiopian eunuch. In fact, that's what we learn next in the text. It says the eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship. Jerusalem was like the, the epicenter of faith. It was like a, a spiritual hub. And people would pilgrimage there, and people would go there to, to worship in the temple. And here this eunuch, who we know was not a convinced follower of Jesus, as we'll see in the rest of the story, he's going to, to church, so to speak, anyway. It says something to all of us in the room or those watching online that might be unsure of faith, just kind of exploring, checking things out, wondering, wrestling with questions, with doubts. And that's probably the story of this eunuch. And yet, with whatever amount of faith or lack of faith that he had, he was seeking. He, he committed himself to, to going and, and exploring. And some of you are here this weekend, and you're not sure what you really think about Jesus or the, the Bible, or does, is this, I mean, does this really have something to do with my life? But maybe you're wondering. Maybe you're like the eunuch, you're, you're just exploring with whatever amount of faith you have, 
You'd just like to know a little bit more. So I think as we journey through this story, there's some things here from the eunuch's life that, that you can learn as well. And it says that uh, he had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and he was now returning, and he's seated in his carriage, or some texts call it a chariot. I kind of like that better, a chariot. That sounds like tougher, manlier, or something. And, and it says, and he was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah, which is another significant thing here. This eunuch had just been to the worship service to explore faith, and now he's diving into it for himself, which is such an important thing for all of us, regardless of where you're at in your own spiritual journey. Don't just take what we say on the weekend verbatim. Go, explore, dig into the truth of God's word in your own life, whether you're an explorer or you're a committed follower of Jesus. And this, this eunuch, he's on his way back in his chariot, and he's opening the scriptures, and he's reading them aloud. And, and if you're an explorer, keep looking to the truth of God's word. God uses his word to reveal himself, just like Meg was sharing just a few moments ago. And he's reading aloud from the prophet Isaiah, an Old Testament passage that we'll see in a few moments is pointing and giving a prediction of the coming Messiah who the eunuch was unsure of at this point. It says that God's word is always central. I love what Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says, that faith comes from hearing, that is, hearing the good news about Christ. I always say, listen, if God can't use us if God's word isn't in us. He can't use his word in our life if we're not taking it into our lives. But fortunately, this Ethiopian eunuch, he's, he's searching the scriptures. And in fact, as he's going along in his chariot, he's reading them out loud and trying to ascertain. And then that brings us to Acts 29. And it says, the Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk alongside the carriage. This is such a great reminder for all of us as followers of Jesus that we want to be attuned to the Spirit's leading in our life because God's Spirit might be wanting to lead you to someone that is searching, someone that is exploring faith. And, and the Spirit just says, go over and walk along. Walk along beside the carriage. You know, that's really what people need in life. Somebody that will just walk along with them. Just get in the, in the journey with them. Wherever they're at, whoever they are, whatever they're going through. It, 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 if life's going great, they just need somebody to come along and say, man, that's great, that's awesome, and celebrate with them. If they're going through a hard time, they need somebody that's going to walk along and say, man, that stinks. That's hard. But I'm with you with you in the journey. And the Spirit calls Philip to come alongside this searching, exploring Ethiopian eunuch. He says, go over, walk along beside the carriage. Then it says, so Philip, he, he ran over. This is, again, what I love about Philip. When he senses the Spirit leading him in his life, he's like, okay, I'm gone. He just moves at the impulse of God's Spirit. 
And it says he heard the man, the eunuch, reading from the prophet Isaiah. And Philip asked him a question, which again is something powerful that we can learn as a follower of Jesus with our friends, our co-workers, our neighbors. Just ask questions. Just this past uh, week, Pastor Jay led a class here called Out of the Salt Shaker. It was all about how to share your faith and not be a weirdo, like not be beating people over the head with the Bible, but just coming alongside people and journeying life with them. And, and he said something in the class. He said, interest begets interest. Just show interest. Ask questions. And that's what Philip does. He, he hears this guy, and he happens to be reading from the Scripture, which I, I know that doesn't happen all the time. You're a follower of Jesus, and you know, you're hoping you can maybe share your faith or influence somebody, and somebody's cruising down 250 with their Bible open, reading it out loud, and you're like, hey, what you reading there? Do you understand what you're reading? But listen, if the Ethiopian eunuch wouldn't have been reading the Scriptures, I'm sure Philip would have found another way to show interest in his life. He'd look at his chariot and be like, Hill, what size rims you rolling on there? I, you know, I, don't know, I don't know what it is for you and for people in your life. Just start where they're at. Just take an interest in whatever interests them because oftentimes you take an interest in other people and you just ask some questions. It, it'll, it'll, be, it'll be exchanged. It'll, it'll be returned and and they might start asking you some questions as well. And that's, that's exactly what happens in the story. Philip looks at him and he says, hey, do you, do you understand what you're reading? And says the man replied, well, how can I unless someone instructs me? And it says, and he urged Philip to come into the carriage and sit with him. Philip gets this open invitation because he follows the Spirit's lead and, and, and just asks a question and, and this, this Ethiopian, he's reading the Bible, he's reading the scriptures, and he doesn't understand what he's reading, which says something to those of you that might be exploring faith. Quite honestly, it says something to all of us that are even trying to grow in faith, that, that you'll open the scriptures sometimes and you may not understand what you're reading, and it's okay. And it's also okay to ask questions. To get some help. That's what I love about this, this Ethiopian eunuch. I mean, he was, he was in a, a leadership role with great authority, and yet he wasn't too prideful to say, I don't know what this means. I need help. Every single one of us has to come to a place in our own spiritual journey where we say, I don't have the answers, and I need help. Somebody help me. And in his question, he says, how can I, unless someone instructs me? It, it, it just reverberates with, again, Romans chapter 10, which holds out this incredible promise. It says, hey, everybody who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That means, like, everybody, everyone. That, that's you if you're here. That's you watching online if you think you're too far gone. That's your, your coworker that uh, just cusses up and down nonstop all day long. That's that uh, gossip in the cubicle next to you that you think, oh, she would never um, you know, consider religion. She'd never consider going to, going to church. Uh, 
There is hope for absolutely everybody. It says everyone who calls on the name of the Lord can be saved, can be rescued from themselves, from their own sin, from uh, the own outcome of our lives that can lead ultimately to just destruction. But then he says, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them. That's what I love about the story with the Ethiopian eunuch. And he's asking the question, how can I understand this? And Philip, Philip is right there and ready. And the passage of scripture that the eunuch was reading, again, it was from the prophet Isaiah, written thousands of years before. And it says, this passage of scripture that he was reading said these words, he was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before the shears, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated, and he received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. It's a prophecy about the coming Messiah, the Savior of the world. And this eunuch, he's reading it out loud. And then it says, the eunuch asked Philip, tell me. Was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? Again, he's willing to ask the question. He's willing to admit he doesn't get it or understand it all. Which says all of us can ask our questions, wrestle with faith, wonder, seek help. And maybe, just maybe, God will lead someone to help you in the journey, or maybe God is calling you to come alongside someone to help them in their journey. And this eunuch, he says, what's he talking about? And I absolutely love verse 35. It says, so beginning with this same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. Beginning with this same scripture, what that says is, for all of us that are followers of Jesus, just start where people are at. That's why our mission here at the chapel says to help people move one step closer to God and each other through Christ. That means we meet people wherever they're at. They might be here, they might be here, they might be way over here. But we meet people where they're at. And then, and this is so critical, we point them to Jesus. That, this is what Philip does and does so well. He just, he just meets him where he's at. He starts where he's at and starts with the questions that, that the eunuch was asking. And I know sometimes, I'm telling you, you get into some spiritual conversations or somebody in the office knows you're a, a Christian and, the, of course, they quickly want to know your position on everything, right? They want to know your position on this, and well, what, what does the Bible say about that? And well, how do you feel about this? And, and they don't just want to know your position, they want to know your politics, right? Oh, so you must be a, oh, so you must. And, and we've got to meet people where they're at and, and listen to their questions. But I love what Philip does. He just takes the eunuch to Jesus. He points to Jesus. He keeps the main thing, the main thing. And I'm telling you, we've not done a real good job of that 
in the church as a whole. In fact, there's churches around the world and around our country that are, that are splitting and crumbling because they're making the main thing out of side things and they've replaced Jesus, who is the main thing, as the main thing. And we're not going to do that. And we can't do that. If, listen, if there's, we're never going to agree with everybody about everything. But, but, but what Philip does with the Ethiopian eunuch is he points him to the most important thing. And this is a reminder to every single one of us, and it's especially a reminder to all of you that might be here exploring or searching or wondering or watching online. Listen, what you think about the person of Jesus the Christ is the most important thing in your entire life. It will make all the difference in this life and it will make all the difference for all of eternity what you do with the person of Jesus. And this is why Philip takes the eunuch straight to Jesus. And this is our calling as followers of Christ to keep pointing, hey, yeah, I know, yeah, well, we might disagree about that, and well, I don't really want to talk about that right now. I just want you to know what, who Jesus is and what he has done for you, and you've got to decide, what are you going to do with Jesus? And that's what Philip points the eunuch towards, and as a result, <laughs> I, I, I love how Paul puts it. Paul did, did the same thing. He, did, he just made it all about Jesus. When he was speaking to the Corinthians, he said, when I first came to you, my dear brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty words or impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. In fact, he says, uh, he says for I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything else except for Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. Your politics, forget it. Your, your, your positions, forget it. Focus on Jesus. Point people to Jesus. And it says, and as they rode along, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? He was convinced. This is awesome. It's a spontaneous baptism. We've done them here at the chapel before. And, and this eunuch, he sees the water. He says, listen, I, I need to be baptized. He knew enough, or Philip had explained enough to him that he knew that baptism was just a public identification with the person and work of Jesus Christ. And he said, I need, I need to put my faith in Jesus, and, and I want other people to know it. I'm not afraid, which says something. says something so powerful to those of you that might be exploring. Ask your questions, and then don't be afraid to take a step of faith. Don't be afraid to, to go public. Don't be afraid to say, you know what? I was at church this weekend, or hey, I was in a Bible study, or hey, I had a spiritual conversation with my neighbor, and he told me some things that it really clicked. And I'm putting my faith in Jesus. I'm going to start following him with my life. I'm going to see, I'm going to keep learning about what this faith journey looks like. 
Don't be afraid to take a step of faith, just like the eunuch did. He says, hey, why, why can't I be baptized? And it says, and so he ordered the carriage to stop, and they went down to the water, and Philip baptized him. Baptism is just this powerful picture of, of death, burial, and resurrection. You go down under the water, it's a picture of Jesus going into the tomb and being buried. And you come up out of the water, and it's a, it's a symbol, a picture of Jesus coming out of, up out of the grave to new life, a whole new life. And that's what happened in the life of this Ethiopian eunuch. And it says in verse 39 that when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. It's like God had Philip there for that moment for something specific to happen. And when that, his mission was done, God said, all right, somewhere else now. But look at what it says. The eunuch never saw him again, but he went on his way rejoicing. I think about the journey of this Ethiopian eunuch. He, he, he's going to church in Jerusalem. He's not sure what he thinks about Jesus and whether he's really the Messiah or not. And yet he opens himself up to explore, to wonder, to ask questions. And, and then he digs into the truth of Scripture for himself. And he's on the road and he's just reading and he's reading aloud. And then he's, he's, he's humble enough to say, I don't, I don't really understand this. And, and God's Spirit brings somebody along in the journey to say, well, do you understand what you're reading? And let me, let me help you understand. And, and somebody comes along, Philip, and he points this man to Jesus. And all of a sudden, the lights come on and things are clicking in his mind and in his heart and in his spirit. And he says, I've got to do this. I've got to put my faith in Jesus. And he's like, let's, let's get baptized. Let's get baptized right now. There's some water. Pull, pull over the car. Let's do this. And it says, he goes away rejoicing. The greatest joy of his life, knowing forgiveness, knowing hope, knowing freedom, knowing Jesus, the most important person in all of history. And it changes his life forever. You want to know when, where faith happens, when faith happens? Usually there's three things always happening. When faith occurs, when faith happens, when faith grows. The first thing is God's Spirit is at work. Just like in a story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. I mean, obviously God's Spirit was working in the eunuch's life. He was wondering, questioning. He, 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 had, he was seeking, exploring. and That's a work of God's Spirit. If, if you're watching online or you're here this weekend and you're just checking things out and exploring, listen, I want to tell you, God's Spirit is working in your life. He wants you to know who Jesus is. He wants to change your life forever. And obviously the Spirit was also working in Philip's life. He was leading Philip, and Philip was willing to follow. And so God was lining this conversation up. It begs the question, where am I at with Jesus? How is, how is God's Spirit working in my life? Is he drawing me maybe to faith? Or is he maybe drawing me towards someone to share faith? The second thing that's always at work when faith happens is God's Word. God's Word was at work in the story. I mean, the eunuch, he's at worship, and certainly they were reading the Scriptures there. And then he's in his chariot, in his car, and he's opening the Scriptures, and he's reading out loud. And God's Word was at work, and he's reading the prophet Isaiah, and he's asking questions about the text. And then God brings somebody along to help explain the text. God's Word was alive. 
Faith comes by hearing and hearing the message of Christ. And so it begs the question, am I, am I, are we regularly taking in the truth of God's word? And whether you're an explorer, I want to, I want to encourage you, just keep exploring and keep reading. I remember when I first started reading the Bible for myself, like I got a version that I could actually kind of understand, but I had tons of questions. And, and I showed up every week at Taco Bell with a youth pastor with a little white note card with questions of things that I had read throughout the week. I'm like, I don't get it. What, is, what does this mean? What is, it, what is this? Help me understand this. And he would just open up the Bible and he'd help me find the answers. And it changed my life forever. And, and I'm, I'm standing here. It's, it's, it's mind-boggling. I'm standing here and getting to, to share and explain the scriptures with all kinds of people. God's word is at work when faith happens. So let's dig into this. And if you're a follower of Jesus, listen, we're not going to make it living just on Sunday's bread. It's a daily bread. It's a, it's a feeding our, feasting on God's truth on a day-to-day basis. And I'm telling you, if you... If you let it in your life, it'll, it'll change your life. But there's a third thing that usually happens when faith happens, and that's that God's people are willing. And that's what we see in the story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. Philip was willing. He was willing to just go where the angel told him to go. When the Spirit said, hey, go over and walk alongside the carriage, he said, okay. I'll get in the journey with this guy. I'll walk alongside him. I'll, I'll see what interests him. I, I'll, I'll ask questions. I'll share faith. And most of all, I will point to Jesus because he changes everything. People have to be willing. God used somebody in my life, and God used somebody probably in your life, and God wants to use you if we're willing to impact somebody else's life forever. So I close with the question, who's Jesus maybe leading me to? And if you're exploring, wondering, keep your eyes open because God might just be sending someone your way to help you discover the most important person in all of history. Would you pray with me? God, thank you for the book of Acts, and thank you for the incredible journey of faith. What a ride. God, I pray that you would draw more and more people to you, that despite opposition, despite hardship, despite persecution, even in the early church, and the church truly around the globe, it it is not going to stop the good news of Jesus because it changes everything. And God, I pray that you would give us a holy courage, whether we're exploring faith, to just to dig in and to keep exploring and to ask questions. And God, that you would give us a holy courage to those that know you to, to ask questions and to love on people and to serve their needs and to keep pointing people to you, Jesus. We pray that you would use us this week. Open our eyes to the opportunities and give us humble and servant hearts to respond to however you're leading. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Have a great rest of your weekend.